Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Presented by Progressive Insurance, Marcus Spears all around the NFL on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line in a moment. Incredibly busy day, part of an incredibly busy week. So I hate to begin with this, but there's no other place to begin. You know what the worst thing about being a sports fan is? The worst thing, in my opinion, about rooting for a team is when you are rooting for them to lose. Nothing is less satisfying than that. There's nothing I hate more than rooting for my team to lose. And that is why I have been pounding the table to make changes to rules in all of these sports because incentivizing losing is the biggest mistake every sport makes. At the end of the day, as a fan of the New York Jets playing, in theory, their rival last night, I say that somewhat laughingly, to call the Jets the Patriots' rival is obviously ludicrous. But to whatever degree this has ever been a rivalry or remains a rivalry, to be sitting there watching that game last night, doing what I actually do, which is so stupid, I can't believe I did this, but I, I, I DVR the game and I set my alarm for an hour earlier than I need to and I watch it on the DVR in the morning because I'm an idiot. And to watch that thing and to watch the Jets go in front and actually have mixed feelings. I'm sitting there watching this game thinking, am I happy about this? Should I be unhappy about this? And then to watch the second half, and to know the second half is coming, is to know that the Jets have no chance anyway, so it's irrelevant. But the point I'm trying to make is, when the Patriots, if you didn't watch the game last night, the Patriots wind up kicking a 51-yard field goal with no time left to beat the Jets, coming back from 10 points behind in the fourth quarter. And my feeling, I hate to admit it, was actually happy. I was actually happy that they lost. And that's the worst thing to be. The worst thing that you can be as a sports fan is happy when your team loses. I hate it because I hate tanking and I will not stop railing against it. And yet there I was. I have to admit it. As Nick Falk is lining up to kick that field goal and Adam Gase is not icing him because Trevor Lawrence is going to be really good. I'm thinking to myself, I actually hope he makes this. I hope the Jets lose to go to 0-9. And candidly, if you've been watching them, then you would have known they were going to anyway. You want a fascinating stat? I give you these fascinating stats brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. In their last three games in the second halves, the New York Jets have been outscored 46-7. to They've been outgained 755 yards to 145. They've run 53 offensive plays. Their opponents have run 130. I'm just trying to do the math on that in my head. The Jets only ran four plays in the fourth quarter last night. They've only run 53 plays in the second halves of three consecutive games. So that's like, what is that, seven? My math is not so great. Is that 17, 18, an average of 18 plays a half? They've scored seven points total? I mean, I can't imagine how bad they'd be if their coach didn't have a brilliant offensive mind. That's Adam Gates, who punted last night with an 0-8 team on fourth and three from the plus 40-yard line. Uh, He's the worst coach I've ever seen in my entire life. But the worst thing they have done, just to give you one more thought on this, is that they have turned Sam Darnold, a player that three years ago, not even in actual time, they traded significant draft capital to move up to take with the third pick in the draft. And in two and a half seasons, they've turned him into someone that if they're lucky, they'll get a second round pick for. That is a total organizational failure. 
There's no other way to describe it. That is organizational disaster. And every one of them over there should be ashamed of it. And the owner, if someone wants to wake him up and tell him what's going on, Christopher Johnson, someone tell him it's going real bad, real bad. And he should be thoroughly ashamed of what he has done to this franchise because the fan base is disgusted and rooting against them. That's where we are. And so I want to begin my conversation with Marcus today with a question. Because I brought this up on television this morning, and boy, Greg McElroy kind of jumped down my throat, and I want to make 100% clear what it is I mean. So let me do that with my dear friend, Marcus Spears, the big swagoo, who was with me on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Hello again, Marcus Spears. What's up, G? Here's, here's what I wanted to say, and I, I want to put it to you in the form of a question. If we lived in an alternative universe where Sam Darnold had been drafted by Kansas City, and had exactly the same circumstances, if he had been a year older than he is and everything else was exactly the same as they've been for Patrick Mahomes, as he was, if he was drafted by that coaching staff with that talent around him and had the one year to sit and watch Alex Smith, if everything had gone for him the way it went for Patrick Mahomes, what would Darnold be? And conversely, if Patrick Mahomes had been drafted into the exact circumstances that Sam Darnold has, that team, that coaching, that talent around him, that just caliber of total organizational dysfunction, what would he be today? Th those are my questions to you, Marcus. What do you think? Sam Darnold would absolutely be a franchise quarterback. Um, that's number one. Um, secondly, I think Patrick Mahomes' talent, he'd be fine, but it's also... It's also one of those situations where, gee, you know how it is, man. Like, we, we got a great idea of Patrick Mahomes, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's with Andy Reid. And, you know, I know I've been very critical of Gates, but I've been critical of Gates because I know exactly what a good coach does for a player. Like, I've had the opportunity to play for great coaches, man. And the fact that Sam Dornell has been in a situation in New York, not only, not only just from an Adam Gay standpoint, from a talent standpoint. And, and granted, like, I got to give some credence to the fact that these guys have been injured. And we saw last night with Flacco against New England that Perriman made a difference in Mims and having all of those guys at the same time. But, man, Sam Dorn has been dealt a raw deal. And I think that's what you're getting at. I think you're getting at the fact that he, he has been in a situation as a, as a young quarterback where you know the talent is sufficient, but he's been surrounded by people that don't know how to use it effectively. And it's just disappointing, man. I mean, we talked about Patrick Mahomes. And people, like, Patrick Mahomes has been sitting out for this extended period, I mean, playing this extended period of time, without us, like, no one acknowledges that, and I'm glad you brought up that fact, that Patrick Mahomes actually had time to sit behind Alex Smith and see what a year would be like with Andy Reid and really understand, like, the nature of the NFL and the things you, the things you have to do in order to be successful. So a lot of it, a lot of it has been – Obviously, his circumstance, but but a lot of it has been the fact that it's a franchise and an organization that's competent, and I think that's exactly what you get there. 
Absolutely. You know, I forget now if it was Jeff or Greg who said this morning, every player in the NFL to some degree is a system player. Like you're either in a good situation, you're in a bad situation. You're either in a place where they are doing the most to take advantage of your skill set or they're not. And, and look, we've talked a lot about Mitchell Trubisky. Now, maybe I'm going to use this as an example so everyone doesn't think I'm just talking about Sam Darnold because I like him and this is the team that I pay closest attention to. Maybe Mitchell Trubisky was never going to be a good player no matter what happened. Maybe everybody was totally wrong on him. But a lot of other teams would have taken him roughly where he went in the draft that year. A lot of other teams had him rated higher. I remember I, I hosted that you know, the coverage around that draft that year. A lot of teams had him rated higher than Deshaun Watson. And no one was talking about Patrick Mahomes going ahead of him at all leading into that draft. So maybe what? Mitchell Trubisky just isn't any good and he never would have been. But I think the likelier possibility is that had he been put into the right situation with the right people around him and they had used him in the right way and everything had been good, that he would have found a way to succeed rather than being where he is now. Do you follow what I'm saying? There's, a, there's an element of system player to basically everyone in the NFL because everyone is so dependent on everybody else. Hey, listen, you, bro, this, like, to that point with Trubisky, that's what's so perplexing. Like, Matt Nagy knew what Mitch Trubisky's strength was, right? Athletics, try to create an offense around it. We see Lamar Jackson. How much have we talked about the Ravens and complimented them about how they built a system and a scheme and surrounded Lamar Jackson with the best type of players? It's, I, I think it's only fair to judge from that standpoint, especially when you're talking about quarterbacks. Because a lot of times, man, these guys are put in the situations where they don't have a they don't have everything working for them, and you you can't compare you can't compare them when 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 everything is not right. You just can't do it, and if if you do, you do a disservice to the game. Because, gee, let me give you an example. I left LSU as a four three defensive end, played the Nick Saban system, right? Mm-hmm. And it was I made I, I sacked the quarterback a lot in college, and I did a lot of things that were super successful. And then I got to the Dallas Cowboys with Bill Parcells, and we we went to a three four. I wasn't getting sacks. I wasn't doing all of the things that I was doing at LSU. And people used to you know oh man you you ain't we drafted you to be terrible. But understanding how important it is, man to put guys in the situation to be successful. You know me. I'm hard on players. I'm hard on coaches. But it's tough for me to sit here and say Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback or doesn't have the potential to be a really good quarterback because he's been under Gates, man, and he's been devoid of talent. And Mr. Trubisky in the situation where Matt Nagy has not built an offense to conform to what he does successfully, like – so it's, it's, it's all relevant. Look at Deshaun Watson. You remember how crazy I went when they traded DeAndre Hopkins? Sure. Because that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to give these young quarterbacks every possible opportunity. Watch what Miami does in the draft. Watch what they do. Watch, watch what look – what look what Arizona did in the trade for Kyler Murray. Watch what Cincinnati does if they're smart now that they got Joe Burrow. Justin, Justin Herbert, watch what these teams do, right? We, we've been killing Green Bay because of Aaron Rodgers and not drafting him receivers and realizing that he's, he may be a big play guy away or another 
weapon away from winning the Super Bowl. Like, you can't say that about Chicago, and you damn sure can't say that about the Jets. <laughs> exactly right. He's, I mean, he couldn't be more right. Greeny and Marcus on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Okay, let's move on to a couple of other things, and then we're going to have a little fun. I have been hearing for the last two days on Twitter from a lot of fans of the New Orleans Saints, Marcus, who have been saying, Greeny, you, I watch you guys on Get Up. All you talk about is Tom Brady. All you talk about are the Buccaneers. All you do is give credit to Tampa Tom, and you have ignored the Saints. What do you have to say for yourself now that 38-3 to shellacking was placed on Tampa Tom and company on Sunday night? I trust you've been hearing some of that as well. What should we be saying about those two teams right now? We should be saying the Saints are the best team in the NFC if they can put together a complete performance like they did against Tampa. I don't expect them to beat people like that, but the defense looked like they turned the corner in that game as far as pass rush. They got Davenport back who added to that. Um, Hendrickson added to that as well. We, and actually, the Saints have a D-lineman third in the league uh, on inside pass rush with seven and a half, and that's Hendrickson. We saw Cam Jordan get freed up because Davenport is back. Um, the secondary didn't give up the plays that they've been giving up as far as miscommunication and giving up big plays. So if the Saints defense plays like that, which we thought would be a stronghold at the beginning of the season because they went out and got Malcolm, they went out, they have Marshawn Lattimore, and we talked about how much talent, but they were not playing good defense at the beginning of the year. And if you look at the first game against Tampa, as, as bad as Tampa played in that game, the score was 24-17 to in the fourth quarter. And that was the first time Tom Brady had ever lined up with these guys. So a lot of it was based on, okay, Tampa progresses. Tampa has these weapons. We'll see what Tampa can be. And then you get the other night with with Drew Brees. And it becomes very evident and very clear that not only does Michael Thomas make a huge difference offensively, because if you you notice in that game, Alvin Kamara wasn't his – his usual self as far as putting up a number of yards. We saw Emmanuel Sanders back as well. Like, I was wrong. I thought Tampa's talent with the greatest quarterback of all time would jail by this point of the season. But it's the Saints. It's Sean Payton. It's the defense playing better. So it's, if you look at a team in the NFC, and these things are fluid, G, you know this. But mm-hmm. based on what we saw the Saints do to Tampa, we have to have them the best team in the NFC. Seattle can't cover anybody defensively. Green Bay can't stop the run, and they give up a lot on defense as well. So if the Saints defense continues to perform at a high level, which they have the guys to do it, then they have to be the best team in the NFC. Right now they look that way. Greeny and Marcus Spears. Okay, let's wrap it up with some fun. So one of the things that I miss the most during this pandemic, honestly, certainly at work it is the thing I miss by far the most, is having all of you guys, and Marcus, you would be at the very top of this list, coming yes, into studio with me every week as, as we, we just have so much fun. And I wish everyone could see the fun that we have, not just on the air, but off the air. So every morning, we have a meeting at 6 o'clock. And everyone would be in, we'd all be jammed into this room. And it, it couldn't be less socially distanced. So obviously, we're not doing that now. <laughs> right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. There would be like yeah. 15, 15 of us in a room that is, that, that is designed for like four but we'd all sit there and we would all we would all eat breakfast together while we went through planning out the show. And one of the things that I noticed about you, Marcus, is you've gone through a lot of different eating phases. Like over yeah. the course of time, I've known you. First, you were on which diet were you on? I was doing keto. 
You were doing keto, so you were doing yep. that. There was a lot of fruit involved for a period of time. There was a you, lot of fruit, yeah. A lot of fruit. Yep. So you've, I, I've seen you through a lot of different eating phases. So that yeah, sends... You, that gee, be, when you when yeah. you big, you go through eating phases because you're trying <laughs> to figure out how to get smaller, man. I That's get it. That's what it is. So, so here's the question of the day. Tonight <laughs> is the champion's dinner at Augusta National. The, the, yes, the, the one event that I would give anything to be privileged to attend, where it's a dinner that is on, the only people who are invited are people who are master's champions, and the defending champion, the reigning champion, gets to design the menu. The, the chefs at Augusta will cook whatever you want. And so Tiger Woods this year, they're serving steak fajitas, sushi, sashimi, and milkshakes. So my question to you is, if you were to win the master's, Marcus Spears, and you could design the menu for this extraordinary night, what would yes, be sir. served for dinner that night? Oh, my goodness, Gene. Listen, I'm going to give you my list, bro. <laughs> so, speaking of eating phases, my wife has me pescatarian. Now, mm. I, decided, I decided that I needed to eliminate a lot of meat out of my diet. Now, Gene, it won't be the rest of my life, but I tell you what, I feel better, and I don't feel as bogged down. So, here's my menu based on where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Fried shrimp and crappie. All right, not catfish, not fish. Everybody knows crappie because you know me, G. I'm an outdoorsman. No, and no, hold on, hold on, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is the yeah. word you were saying is we're, we're, we're going through a crappie? Crappie. Crappie is what I call it. But crappie, you know, depending on what area of the country you're in, it's crappie. It's almost like a little white perch. Fish. It's oh, really it's a fish? good. It's a fish. It's a fish, but fried is one of the best fish in the world, okay? okay. I'm going to have to put you on it at some point. Okay, Just so relax, I, I got you. I'm writing right, this, this down. We're serving shrimp and crappie so far. Okay, go ahead. Yep, shrimp and crappie are really good fish. Okay. Baked mac and cheese, okay. my wife, of course. Mustard greens, okay, my mom's, of course. Sweet potato casserole, of course. 7-Up Bundt cake. Of course, and just for just for golf and one of my favorite drinks are Arnold Palmer's and Jack Honey because you know I gotta have that yak. <laughs> I'm on Marcus, <laughs> Marcus, Marcus. That is our little inside joke. He and I. If if, if one night he had uh, he had consumed a few too many, and we met in and at five o'clock in the morning in a hotel lobby to be taken to wherever we were to do the show, and and he said, "Well, I was on that yak last night," and we were all kind of feeling it, and I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Okay, so so I'm keeping track of the meals. Tell me what you think of this, Orlovsky, your running mate there, your your buddy from NFL Live every day, four o'clock oh. Eastern on ESPN. He went with chicken parm, french fries, penne, vodka, and cheesecake. That's the worst meal I ever heard. Right? It's okay. bad. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> okay. Let me tell you mine. Don't tell, don't tell me that you think that's the worst one you ever heard until you've heard mine. I think you're going to okay. have a little bit of a quarrel with mine. Mine, we're going to start with a caprese salad. Then we're going to go with a, a kale and quinoa tartlet. The amuse-bouche is going to be one buffalo wing that you eat with a knife and fork. Then we'll do a simply grilled fish, so it'll work with your pescatarian uh, menu. Uh -huh. Well done. Sautéed spinach on the side. What do you think? Yeah, and then the trash my plate goes. Okay? <laughs> Here. I can't, I can't right. get anyone interested. I can't get anyone excited about my master's meal. Uh, I mean, all right. you, can, you can tell in shape white guys' meals at the master's. <laughs> 
kidding me? <laughs> well, gee, where are the carbs? Where are the carbs, G? Well, you know, it's not a sport where you have to carb load. You know, this isn't football. We don't need that. You, you need, this, you need, you need um, to feel, yeah. The shampoo does. And That's he true. that thing 390,000 yards. That's correct. If Bryson DeChambeau wins the Masters, it is going to change the sport entirely forever and in ways that I don't even want to consider. But we will leave that for another day. Marcus, I love you, big fella. Thank you. Enjoy the show today. I'll see you later. All right, G. Love you, brother. Talk the to best. You. Marcus Spears. His meal sounded good. I mean, everyone is going to think his meal was way better than mine. I've seen him through multiple eating phases. I've only known him for like two years, and yet I've seen him through multiple eating phases. It has been amusing. All right, coming up next, we haven't done the airing of grievances in far too long. So it is time to air our grievances. If we're football fans, it means we are feeling aggrieved. So dial it up right now at 888-SAY-ESPN. It is time for the airing of grievances here on ESPN Radio. Your thoughts on your team and why it makes you unhappy. ESPN Radio, celebrating America's heroes on Veterans Day. Jimmy Butler, Miami Heat. To the veterans and the troops, thank you for everything that you do. Um, Y'all don't get enough credit, but uh, I'm, I'm so very grateful. We wouldn't be able to be who we are and uh, be in this country without y'all. I'm forever grateful. Thank you so very much. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Granny with you on ESPN Radio. And once again, I remind you that we stream now every single day on ESPN Plus. You should get ESPN Plus and you can hang out with me and all the other radio shows we've got on there. And lots of fun to be had together every single day. So that's a good place to find me whenever you like to. Meanwhile, I'm getting a lot of reaction. I just clicked over on Twitter and a lot of people are reacting. You know, sometimes you try and make an exaggeration to make a point, And I just want to be clear that that's what I'm doing with this Patrick Mahomes thing. So before we get to the airing of grievances, let me just once again tell you what my general thought is today, because I understand it. Sometimes you post something somewhat out of context on social media and people will react to it a certain way. I presented this idea originally on the radio yesterday. Then I did it again on Get Up this morning. And that is that because MVPs in pretty much all sports have become narrative awards, they just didn't want to give it to Michael every year. So they came up with a reason to give it to Charles Barkley one year and Carl Malone another. Michael was the MVP. Same thing has happened to LeBron a bunch of times. That in my opinion, Patrick Mahomes is that guy. Patrick Mahomes is going to wind up being the MVP three or four more times in his career than he will wind up with trophies. 
because they will find ways. The narrative will just move away from him. He's got 25 touchdowns and one interception this year. But all the talk has been about how great Aaron Rodgers' season has been, and for a while how great Tom Brady's season was. And then it was Russell Wilson. And the narrative this year was Wilson because he's never even gotten an MVP vote. And all of a sudden people want to put Josh Allen in the conversation. It's never going to swing back to Mahomes. Mahomes has set himself a bar so high, he'll wind up winning like two or three MVPs, and that'll be it. When the reality is, he'll be the MVP of the league for the next 10 to 12 years. So to make that point, to use a little bit of exaggeration, I presented, humbly, the Patrick Mahomes Award. Just rename the award in his honor and give it to the next most valuable player every single year. Problem solved. Once again, like most geniuses, I won't be fully appreciated until after my time. So while I'm obviously joking a touch for effect, the general point remains, which is that this has become a narrative award. And if we're going to take it really seriously, if we're going to gauge how great a player was at the end of his or her career by how many MVPs they won, we need to take it more seriously. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. Learn more at keys to progressive dot keys, excuse me, keys to progress. Let me say that again. Progressive is celebrating eight years of donating cars to veterans in need. You can learn more at keys to progress dot com. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. It is time for the airing of grievances. If you were a football fan, then you are generally aggrieved. Lord knows I am. And so I want to hear yours. What is your grievance regarding your team? On the Dr. Pepper call-in line, first up is Josh. Josh, you're on ESPN Radio. Josh, air your grievance. Greeny, thanks for taking my call. I've been listening to you for almost 20 years, and uh, first time I got to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am a Saints fan uh, in the middle of Missouri, which is weird, Um, but I... I'm tired of Sean Payton uh, trying to show his green his, his uh, genius by continuing to play Taysom Hill 10, 12 plays a game, taking them out of a Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, and uh, if we had used that money elsewhere, we drafted uh, Taysom Light this summer with the last pick of the draft for the Saints. I don't get it. It's, it's, it's cute, as Keyshawn likes to say in the morning. Get rid of Taysom Hill, get him to somebody else, invest in actually what works well, uh, he's great he looked good and this is a week later than what yeah. most people would think but it it's done it's the experiment needs to be done okay well look josh let me say two things to you i appreciate the call very much and i always appreciate the grievances but a this feels like a very weird week to be aggrieved about the saints considering you just beat tampa 38 to 3 b in last year's playoff game albeit in an overtime loss at home Taysom hill was the most effective player you had on the field so I, I don't know. I, listen, I respect your opinion. You're a fan. I'm not here to tell you what you should think. But I don't feel, if, if I were a, a fan of the Saints right now, I would feel particularly aggrieved right at this moment. Next up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line is Ali. Ali, you're on ESPN Radio. Ali, air your grievance. Yeah, hey, Greeny. So I'm a Seahawks fan, and I just want to talk about this defense. I mean, if I were to tell you that a defense with players like Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, Shaquille Griffin, um, you know, Carlos Dunlap, K.J. Wright, these guys would be historically the worst passing defense of all time. You would have called me crazy. Now, the thing that drives me nuts is it seems that, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't really want to take accountability for the defense. And when you're specifically known as a DB coach, we can be this bad. And I get it. The pass rush has been non-existent. But we sacked Josh Allen seven times this week. And he was, what, 31 for 38. No. That's probably one of the best games I've ever seen him play. Um 
you know, at some point we need to put some accountability on these coaches and make a change because it seems like Russell Wilson needs to be near perfect on every single play, every single drive, just to give us a chance to win. I think it's a great call. It's a great grievance. 100% right. The Seattle defense, there are two units in the NFL right now that are so bad that it's impossible to believe. Seattle's pass defense and Green Bay's run defense. Green Bay gets run on. Throw this past week out against San Francisco. Those were the 39ers. All of them are hurt. And, and, and then, and then, but they can't stop the run at all. And Seattle cannot stop the pass. And, and that will be their Achilles heel. They won't win it. Russell will not be able to win it. I don't know that they'll be able to win a playoff game if they don't get it better. And you have as good a quarterback as there is in the league. Russell Wilson's playing as well as anybody is playing. When your quarterback is playing that well to be as vulnerable as they are, that's a terrible defense. That's an excellent call and an excellent grievance. Next up is Bill on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Go ahead, Bill. Air your grievance. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm, I'm, um, I'm terrible. How are you? My, <laughs> my <laughs> grievance is a golf grievance. I cannot understand why the PGA Tour doesn't change the fact that a guy stripes the ball 300 yards down the middle of the fairway, lands in a sand divot, and still has to hit it out of it. Why they don't allow him to take it one inch out of that drives me out of my mind. You know, well, that's an interesting thought. I, I, when I, the guys I play with, we actually do allow that. If you hit the ball into a divot that has someone has placed sand in, you're not, you don't have to play out of it. Do I have this right? I think at Nicholas's course you can do that too. I think that's actually Jack's rule. I'm not 100% sure, but I've heard that. That's a good grievance. I don't know how relevant it is today, but I like the grievance, and any mention of golf is just fine by me. One more. Steve, you're on ESPN Radio. Go ahead, Steve. Air your grievance. Yeah, this is about Harbaugh at Michigan. Uh, the time has come for them to part ways. They are a mediocre team paying somebody 7 to $9 million a year, depending on what source you look at. And they also got to get rid of that Michigan man mentality. I understand it, and unless Bo Schembechler's son wants to come back and coach, <laughs> I think they need to just completely clean house, get somebody in there that's going to take the talent that they get, because they have great recruits. It's just Harbaugh's not developing them, and, and, and this year, Michigan State, Indiana back-to-back, uh, no good. No, I'm with you. Listen, I, I am a fan of Jim Harbaugh, and he is someone I know and like personally. But it does feel like that is something that is ending. And I will tell you, that is one of the great surprises to me that this didn't go well. Because you want to say you don't want a Michigan man. Again, for those who don't know, Harbaugh played there. He played for Shen Beckler. He was a great player there. First-round draft pick in the NFL. And I would, have, I would have bet you anything you wanted. You could have taken all of my money. I would have bet you anything you wanted that he was going to succeed huge in Ann Arbor. Huge. And it just hasn't happened. And I get that this is a weird year and maybe not the right time to judge anything, but it, it, it does feel like the beginning of something ending there. And it'll be interesting to see where he winds up going. Thank you for the grievances. Thank you for airing them. What's on your mind with you here is brought to you by my computer career training for a better life. Much more to do as we continue here in a moment. I will tell you about the history that we are watching being made right before our eyes. Greeny, the podcast. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hey, Church's new chicken sandwich is finally here with almost 70 years in the kitchen. You can bet we put the work in to make it worth it. It's everything you love about churches between two buns. Get it today, just three ninety nine. Thanks for waiting. Churches bringing that down home flavor. I'm going to change my plan here. I was going to talk about the history being made right before our eyes, and I was going to talk about how the three young star rookie quarterbacks I think could wind up um, being remembered with some of the great quarterback classes of all time. I love Burrow. I love Herbert, and I love what I saw in that one game from Tua, but I'm going to change plan because in the interim, we got in some Tiger Woods sound. Uh, Tiger Woods speaking today at Augusta National as he prepares to defend his master's title from a year ago, which I've said many times over the course of the last year and a half or however long ago last April is, is, is one of the greatest sporting events I've ever watched. I was there for the first three days of it. Um, and I watched round you know, the final round from my couch at home and that in all of my life watching sports, I'm not sure I've ever watched an event that I thought felt bigger than that did Tiger Woods after everything that had happened, winning the masters. And then I was just scrolling through Twitter and he just spoke at this press conference and to hear the way he talks about it, I think it's worth listening to. So here is Tiger Woods talking today at Augusta about what last year's Masters title meant to him. I mean, I still get chills just thinking about it. Uh, feelings, you know, coming up 18 and, and knowing that uh, all I had to do is just two-putt that, that little 15-footer uh, and, you know, see my, my, my family there and my, my mom and my kids and, and all the people that uh, helped support me or were there for me during the, the, the tough times and, I was walking up there to just trying not to lose it and say, hey, I still got to two-putt this. And then when I walked off the back of the green, you know, to see Charlie there and just open, open up our arms, and it, it, it meant a lot to me, and it still does. That's, that's interesting to hear Tiger Woods, a person who so seldom gives you that much of himself. He does a little more now than he did once upon a time in his life, but he's still, that's just not his nature. Um, he's not one who gives, he's not one who wears his emotion out there for everyone to witness. And that's just not his personality, not his nature. But you can hear in that clearly just how much that meant to him. And I can tell you there were so many reasons that it meant so much to me. 
among them and my love of the game of golf and my extraordinary admiration for him as a player. And we all watched all of the things that he had that have happened to him in his life. Many of them have his own making, um, but the ups and the downs and um, everything else that has happened. I mean, the, the drama of Tiger Woods life has been on full display because he's been so famous for so long. I mean, he won his first masters in 1997. That's 23 years ago. The first time he won the Masters, Tom Brady was the backup quarterback at Michigan and George W. Bush was the governor of Texas. So he's been famous that long. Think how long ago those were. That's how long he's been famous. But I think the primary reason that meant so much to me is that that image of Tiger and his father standing behind the 18th green at Augusta National after he won the Masters for the first time coming full circle 22 years later to Tiger and his son in a similar embrace in almost exactly the same spot. So it was the same and it was different and it was somehow better than it had ever been before, which you would have thought was impossible. Nothing could ever be bigger or better than what he had done, but this somehow was. And there was something about being in the same stage of life, he and I, I'm a little older than he is, but I was very close to my father, and my father is no longer with us, and I'm very close to my son. And so the idea of that moment coming full circle in that way, and I knew that that's what was in his mind all through it, all along. We've seen him since his father died. I remember when he won the British Open, that first, ma- first major that he won after his father's passing. And you just, if you remember that image of him just bawling, just crying hysterically into the shoulder of his longtime caddy, Stevie Williams, um, that, that was, it was emotional for me to watch. And look, Tiger's not someone I know well. I know him a little. He used to come on the old show from time to time. I'm hoping to have him on here sometime soon. But he's someone that we all feel like we know because he's just been a part of our lives. If you are a sports fan at all, you've, you've paid attention to Tiger Woods. It's been unavoidable. He's one of the biggest stars we have. And if you are one who loves golf, as I do, he's like a mythical figure. He, he, is, he is golf's Michael Jordan. He is, he is golf's Jim Brown, Tom Brady, whatever the, whatever the, the appropriate comparison is. So that was, that was the greatest sporting event. It was certainly, for me, the greatest sporting event I've ever attended. I wasn't there Sunday again, so I, I wasn't there to sort of feel it when he won it. But the mood at that place, those three days, was so extraordinary. It was one of the greatest sporting events of all time. Certainly in my 53 years of life, it's one of the greatest events that we've seen. And I'm not sure exactly how it could be duplicated. But it sure would be fun if he puts on a show this weekend. No one expects it. And I'm not sitting here telling you oh, I'd bet money on it to happen. But I could see him playing well this weekend. I could see him, at minimum, playing better than people are expecting and certainly making the cut. We'll see. We'll hope. Again, the coverage begins Thursday on ESPN. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you tomorrow. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast.